0: Coming up on today's federal newscast. Neither snow, nor rain, nor heat, nor gloom of night, the Postal Service delivers. Nobody said anything about a polar vortex, though. The plan to give civilian federal employees a pay raise gains more support. And Congress is stuck waiting for the President's budget request again. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm your host Eric White. The Office of Personnel Management directs federal employees in the D.C. metro area to report to work three hours later than normal today. Employees have the option of unscheduled leave or unscheduled telework. Snow showers impacted much of the National Capital Region Tuesday evening. On that snow front, due to the cold in the Northwest, the Postal Service is suspending deliveries today. States affected include Minnesota, North and South Dakota, Iowa, along with western Wisconsin along with western Wisconsin and western Illinois. Retail operations at local offices will be available, but may be limited. There will be no pickup services from businesses or homes either. Michael Kubianda is sworn in as the newest commissioner of the Postal Regulatory Commission. The agency now has a full leadership board of five commissioners. Prior to joining the PRC, Kubianda had served as the Director of Government Relations at the Postal Service's Office of Inspector General. He'll serve out the remainder of a six-year term that expires in November 2020. Momentum is building to give federal employees a pay raise in 2019. Senate Democrats have brought forth a companion to a new bill from House Democratic leaders. The legislation would give civilian federal employees the same raise as military members of 2.6 percent. It would retroactively apply for civilian employees as of January 1st. The House is expected to vote on the pay raise bill today. Some House Republicans object to the bill because of the speed at which it is moving through Congress. Maryland and Virginia Senators Chris Van Hollen, Ben Cardin, Tim Kaine, and Mark Warner introduced the Senate version. There's bipartisan interest from Congress in creating new financial flexibilities for federal employees who face hardship during future government shutdowns. Several lawmakers introduced new bills to allow federal employees of all ages to tap into their thrift savings plan without penalty. The Federal Retirement Thrift Investment Board says there's an opportunity to expand regulations that typically help federal employees take hardship loans during natural disasters to employees who need help during future shutdowns. For the third year in a row, President Donald Trump's annual budget request will be late. A senior official with the Office of Management and Budget tells Federal News Network it will not be transmitting the president's budget to Congress next week. The official says OMB is working on a revised schedule and will provide additional information when it's available. OMB sent the president's 2018 request in May of 2017 and the 2019 request in mid-February 2018. Current federal law requires the president to submit his budget request to Congress on or before the first Monday in February. The chairman and ranking member of the House Armed Services Committee are taking a stand against using defense funds to build a wall on the southern border. Democratic Chairman Adam Smith and Republican ranking member Mac Thornberry say using defense money to build the wall would divert money from military readiness. The remarks were made during a committee hearing yesterday. If the president declares a national emergency, he would have access to military construction funds for the purpose of a wall. The Government Accountability Office plans to hire new staff and reorganize current employees to meet a growing demand for technology oversight. GAO launches its Science, Technology Assessment, and Analytics team. It will include an audit innovation lab to test advanced analytics tools and assess emerging technologies such as artificial intelligence and blockchain. HHS employees who travel overseas have new security requirements. More now from Federal News Network's Jason Miller. Employees at the Department of Health and Human Services now have to take a loaner laptop or smartphone when they travel anywhere overseas. A new policy from the acting chief information security officer mandates this change. Previously, HHS's policy required employees take loaner devices only to certain countries that were deemed unfriendly. But too often, acting CISO Janet Vogel says laptops would come back infected with malware even from friendly countries. I'm Jason Miller. DOD is looking at new ways to shore up its smaller vendor cybersecurity. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has more. A DOD task force is taking an end-to-end look at the department's contractual relationships with an eye toward preventing data breaches. Among the options, conducting spot checks of some of DOD subcontractors to test whether they're complying with existing security rules or certifying third-party companies to do the same. DOD CIO Dana Deasy says the department is increasingly viewing contractors' IT systems as an extension of its own network. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. The Defense Department knows who it wants to lead the new U.S. Space Command. The only question is, when will Acting Defense Secretary Patrick Shanahan announce it? Shanahan says DOD is not yet ready to go forward with the nomination process. President Trump signed the order to create Space Command last December. The command is a possible precursor to the Space Force. Online healthcare applications from veterans are up 50% this year compared to previous years. The Veterans Affairs Department says the agency's relaunch of VA.gov contributed to the increase in online interest. VA is finalizing its plans to adopt and move some of its 900 existing applications to an enterprise cloud. The goal is to move 350 of them to the cloud by 2024. The Veterans Affairs Inspector General discovers practices at one VA clinic that would drive up anyone's blood pressure. More now from Federal News Network's Tom Temin. Staff at the Salem, Virginia facility falsified blood pressure cuff readings. For hundreds of patients, they entered the exact same second measure, 139 over 89. That's one point below the trigger for additional treatment. Staff told investigators they forgot the second reading before writing it down. Several dozen hypertensive patients were put at risk for stroke or heart attack. VA terminated its contract with Valor Healthcare. I'm Tom Temmin. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast. Subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White.